0: Hey, family, it's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you all to my live QA. Uh, for those who's watching me later, whether on YouTube or listen later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, now Spotify, I want to welcome you all to my channel. If it's your very first time watching um, and you like the vibe after you watch it, make sure you subscribe. I would love to have you part of my community. And for those who has been watching and listening for a long time, I want to say thank you all so much for being a part of my online community here on the on all platforms, just want to say thank you. But for those who's watching me live, come on in to the live feed. I'm going to give you all an opportunity to come into the live feed uh, so that I can be able to answer y'all's questions. And for those who's new to my channel, periodically I do live Q&As, and a lot of people ask me questions, and I utilize my experience, my exegetical ability, and just, just the empowerment of the Holy Spirit overall um, to answer people's questions. So hope y'all are well. Yo, what's going on? Hey, Coach, really love these videos. I'm glad you love them. Aries, what's going on? Vanita, good evening, coach. I got your new book. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of my new book, I just released my seventh book, Counterfeit or Counterpart. It is now available on Amazon. That book right now is available now. It talks about how to um, continuously discern the difference in every area of your life. It uh, helps you discern the, uh, a counterfeit or a counterpart, friendship, relationship, advice, um, location, place, um, just all the, I like think, 18 different things. I think 12 to 18 different things that you can determine and, and see um, is this a counterpart from God or a counterfeit uh, from the devil? And I go earlier in a part of the book, I go in great detail about the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart, how to do spiritual mathematics, how God confirms, um, just all the truths and principles you need to really um, be able to determine if something is from God or not. So I hope you check that book out on Amazon right now, counterfeit or counterpart, I'll go ahead and post the link in the chat box now. Let me see if I can find it real quick, counterfeit or counterpart, Uh, here we go. I'll go ahead and post it now in the chat box. For those who's watching me live and for those who's watching later, it'll be in the description box below or the comments box below, and you'll be able to get that book there. Um, It's a great resource, man. It's got a thousand, probably a thousand scriptures in the back too, as scripture support to help you all kind of really determine the difference whether or not it's a counterfeit or counterpart, so that you can find the word of God and see if it's supplemented or supported by or not. But let's get right to some questions. Let's see what we got here. Good evening. Good evening. All right. In says, hey coach, I'm in a situation. I have options dating and everyone tells me my situation is like the story in the Bible about the man denying the boats God sent him because he was waiting on God. Person to save him. Should you just pick a boat? Or does God choose a specific person? God is good at matchmaking. You want a match made in heaven, not a match made from pressure, right? And a lot of people will pressure into a relationship because a lot of people are trying to live vicariously through you or through people. And so sometimes when people want to live vicariously, some people, some parents are thinking about grandkids, friends are thinking about double dates and relationship dates, marital dates. Um, but you have to understand, um, it, listen, uh, the devil can send boats too. You know, or a boat could just come your way. But the goal is to make sure it's the right one. So you know the, you know God, you know how God speaks to you. Don't let someone press you into something that you know that you're not going to like. Do you not understand how to wake up to that person every day? Now, don't get me wrong. Um, marriage is not about aesthetics alone, but it is, it's about um, 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 one being appointed to your life, um, um, similar um, um, aspirations, and then there's aesthetics. Uh, but but if it's someone that you genuinely don't see purpose with and you don't see uh, um, um, attraction with, then don't let nobody pressure you into something that you don't feel like being a part of. So that's my best advice there. Um, only you know what God is telling you. If you know that you're not ready for relationship, if you know good and well, this just not the season for you. If you know that this person is just not lining up, do not allow um, um, someone else to kind of make you entertain thoughts. that may lure you into something prematurely or lead you to something that's not for you. Um, uh, so you there's no rush. Let God pick that specific person. Let him do that, man. And I think you'll come out better on that end. People got a lot to say, man. People who got a lot to say about your life probably ain't doing nothing in their life, right? Like I'm too busy to comment in someone else's life. I'm too busy to give my opinion without it being asked for. If someone is constantly giving their opinion about something, their life must not be as as invigorating as 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 one would like. But, but 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 a person that's about their life, you have to come to them and then they'll give you your opinion. But I say keep going, my friend. Um trust God with that, keep developing, keep growing, keep trusting the Holy Spirit working your life, and my friend, you'll be all right. You'll be with the person that God has for you in no time. God bless you for your advice. Uh greetings from um Chick. Chick fil A. Hey, cool. Jay Jackson, what's going on, family? Kristen says, Hey coach grateful for your videos and lessons god gets to go i'm glad they're a blessing to you love and thanks from here in uh brisbane australia thank you so much for watching all the way from down under thank you so much for watching it's an honor that you'll watch from there i know it's probably like two or three four in the morning where you are i just want to say thank you uh chanel says hey coach josh or hey josh what does your spirit what does your spirits routine look like or my spiritual routine?" Um. Um, it's changing now because I'm in transition. Um, I just got a new, I'm promoted new job. Um, and so things transition. Um, but my goal now is to have my new phase of life in all of its compartments, um, to surround, to, uh, to surround my relationship with God. So here's my basic routine. Typically, um, right now it looks like that my Bible studies are more so As I'm going to bed, I'm like today at my job, I play the Bible while I'm in my office um, to kind of supplement when I have pockets of time. Like I read my Bible during my lunch. So right now, my routine now is different than what it was normally was. So I'll give you my previous routine. Uh, My previous routine always started as when, when I go to bed tomorrow's spiritual astuteness, alertness ability begins in how you go to bed. Number one, I always receive and believe that I have sweet sleep. But before I go to bed, I'm always um, um, just saying, God, I thank you for the day. And I just think, I think about my day and I think about uh, where I need to improve. Um, I'm sensitive in my spirit. I allow my body to allow my um, body to rest in stillness and peace so that when I wake up in the mor- morning. My spirit is sensitive. Usually what you fall asleep to will determine the Temperament of your spirit the next morning. So if you fall asleep with a bunch of noise, or you fall asleep with a bunch of um, interferences or uh, um, a TV show in the background. Like your spirit don't sleep. So all that stuff, your soul is soaking up those different things. Your spirit man is is what it is. But if you feed the spirit man as you go to bed, like like I like I do, um, when you wake up, man, you'll wake up more sensitive. But every morning I start like this. Uh, While I'm getting ready, typically in the shower or when I'm just kind of getting ready, I pray in the Holy Ghost. I pray in tongues. Um, I I began to get from praying in tongues. I get into my river of praying for my family and loved ones. Typically, while I'm in the car or when I'm going out the door, I pray for them. I counsel every demonic plot and scheme of the devil. That's why my days are so peaceful and so smooth, because I counsel their plots in the beginning. But I do read a proverb a day and a gospel a month. And um, the Holy Spirit uh, is leading me into different chapters and different books, um but but that's pretty much my spiritual routine i go to bed and rest i go into bed go to bed reflective and thankful And at peace and i wake up with a sense of the spirit and then i start right into the praying the holy ghost praying the spirit and then from there i find the words that he wants me to pray and then while i'm driving the car i'm I'm listening to the bible on audio or i'm listening to uh, some apologetic stuff and then when i get to work especially my new routine now when i get to work any pocket of time where i have in my day i either got my bible i use my bible app because is right there, and then um, I kind of just vibe with it, and that's usually where I get my gold from. So when you st- when you start your day the night before, my friend, when you get into that river, when you get into that mold, your days become a little bit more succinct. They become a little bit more um, particular, and you begin to discern the, the the hidden things that God has for that day, and you flow with Him. So that's just off the top of the dome of what my spiritual routine looks like. Um, But a lot of my routines is involving sermon prep, uh, book writing. So there's a lot of extra volume stuff. And that's where your foundational uh, relationship with God kind of boils and floods into your fruitfulness and into your um, um, personal development, into your craft development. And then that's when you start hearing God a little bit more and it just flows that way. But that's just my spiritual routine. I hope that gave you, I know I was rambling, but I hope that gave you some some clues and some insight in how I rock with the Holy Ghost. What's going on, Tony? How you feeling? Um. Okay, let's see here. All right, here we go. Ian, your advice always on point. Thanks, coach. You're so welcome, I am No problem. Thank you so much for your donation. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for your generosity. I really appreciate that super chat. Thank you. Thank you. And there's many ways you can support. If if you want to support through a super chat, you can support online through donations, support my wife and I's mentoring program, support all the things that I do on the channel and in ministry. So I just want to thank you all in advance for that, that support and that generosity. Uh, hello, coach. How can you mentally stay strong as a man, especially coming to realization of how much responsibility and reach we need to have? The number one thing I will tell every man is to make sure you practice relying on the spirit of God, relying on him. Um, first off, um, oh, let's start with these. I, I guess the R's is kind of coming in my spirit now. Number one is revelation. You have to have revelation on the character of God, right? As a man, you need to have the father revealed to you in a unique way, not in a unique way that's outside of the scriptures, but in a unique way that will help you uh, grow in your relationship with God. Because as a man, there is a lot of responsibility. There is a lot of responsibility, but the goal, like in my life right now, the responsibility is not that weighty because I have the spirit of God is allowing me to walk in wisdom. That's allowing me to learn and, and embrace balance and delegation. And so as a man, you got to, number one, have revelation of Jesus Christ, revelation of who he is, what he's done for you, what he's given you access to, and the revelation uh, of the Holy Spirit in your life and how he operates. And then from that point of view, my friend, then you get into unreachability uh, or responsibility. Like responsibility is, do I have the ability to respond? Most men, the reason why they have midlife crises or they are or mentally I'm depressed is because they're responding to things they don't have the ability to. Now, there are certain things that a man responds to that he must embrace the full capacity of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that empowers you to do things that you are not able to do outside of him. That's why everything must be reliance on him, allowing him to tell you, don't reach for that. Reach for that. I got you with that. And so even in my life right now, um, when I got married to my wife, I didn't know that there was going to be greater responsibility uh, with her family and my family, and especially nieces and nephews. And I didn't know it was going to be all this. I, as soon as I got married, ministry increased for myself on my end, and, and uh, ministry increased in me supporting my local church. All that stuff fell onto my plate. But supernaturally, over time, I begin to realize I'm able through wisdom, through balance, able to respond as a husband, as a son, as an uncle, as a brother, as a preacher, as a, a, a man that holds up his pastor's arms. So but the Holy Spirit would teach you how to do that. But reliance is number one, my friend, because when you trust the Holy Spirit and the next art is to release. You gotta release some things off your life, release some things off your plate, release some of those resentment and unforgiveness issues in your heart. Release those things as a man. Because a man that holds on to things becomes no good for those people that's looking to him to hold them up. And it's not easy to be a man, but it's but it's but it's doable to be a man of God. Being a man, but not being a man of God, being a man outside of and not outside of God is difficult. Being a man of God, of means from. Of God, like I'm man, I'm of him, I'm of his likeness, I'm of his ability, I'm of his character, I'm of his support, I'm of his supply. Right, right now I don't worry about money. See the things that most men worry about, I don't worry about because my reliance is on God, and when your reliance is on God, you rest. There you go, rely, release, uh, res- uh responsibility, and rest. Number one, you gotta rely. Number, number one, you gotta repent. And say, God, hey, renew my mind, repent and renew. I repent of these sins that is making it difficult for me to be a man. I repent um, from this, this, these patterns of life, these sinful patterns. And there's three levels of patterns. You got sinful patterns of the mind, sinful patterns of the heart, sinful, sinful patterns of the body. Repent. The Holy Spirit will give you revelation of what you need to repent on, and then that revelation of the Father and and how the triune nature of God is is revolving into your life or or, uh, renovating your life, then you will begin to have your mind renewed, and then you will rely more on Him, and then you will begin to see, this is what I have the ability to respond to, both in body and through the Spirit, and then you rest with everything else and you release anything else that's not supposed to be in your life and you rest knowing that God is in control and that he's good at what he does. So that's a lot that about manhood. Um, but the good thing is you don't got to reach for something that you're not ready for. That's a good thing about choice, about free will, about the Holy Spirit. You don't have to reach for things that you know that you're not able to respond to. So mentally, how can you stay strong as a man? First off, all, we got to go and find scriptures on manhood. You got to understand the art of meditating on the word of God. Now, how do I meditate on the word of God? What I do is I get very practical. I'll find a scripture. And what I do, i write the scripture on a sheet of paper. And I literally dissect every word. Sometimes I have a commentary. Sometimes I go online and look up historical and cultural um, um, truths about it. I find that scripture and I sift it. I dissect it. Um, let's give an example. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> let's look up scriptures on the mind. I'm just going to give you an example of how I rock scriptures on the mind um let me see if I can find open Bible.info here we go and let me share my screen so that we can kind of break down so I can show you how I meditate <clears throat> on the word of God <clears throat> excuse me and how I break down scriptures um here we go thoughts on the mind uh all right, let's start with Isaiah 26.3. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. All right. So I look at the first word, you. Who is that you? So now I start thinking about who is this you? Who is this person I'm talking about? See, people rush through scriptures, but I, I can't even get past one word. Who is the you? Who is God? What attributes of God will help me help my help your mind or our minds to be at peace. So what I'll do is I'll look up attributes on God, the immutability of God. How does the immutability of God keep me in perfect peace? Is because if I know that God is unmoved, there's no need for me to be moved. So so if I know that God is immutable, it puts my mind at ease. Because the more you know the attributes of God, you begin to know the ways of God. And when you know the ways of God, you will know. You'll know how to con- conduct yourself in, in waiting in his timing and trusting his character. Keep him. Who is him? Me. Now, what, what about me isn't contradictory with you? First of all, I can't even get past keep. Am I willing to be kept as a man? So a lot of men worry so much about keeping a family up, keeping their money up, <clears throat> keeping their job, keeping these things up. But are you willing to be kept? Because your level of keep is predicated on your level and willingness to be kept. So you keep, that means God has responsibility in keeping me in perfect peace. Perfect peace implies that there could be a contradictory peace, an imperfect peace, a, a not so able peace. You keep him. Anything in me, is there anything in me that's help hindering the keeping portion? And perfect peace, who's now, here comes my responsibility. The first part is God's responsibility and, 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 and whatnot. He keeps those in perfect peace who's what? Mine. Now, now that's when you take the word mine. He said, what's in my mind right now that's worried, that's afraid, that's fearful? And what does stayed on you mean? So how can you... In- Like Philippians, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is excellence, if there is anything worth of praise, think of these things. So thinking is a choice. See, my friend, thoughts come unaware, but thinking is a choice. Thinking is the rain that provides uh, uh, water to thoughts that are seeds. So that's how I break scriptures down, because he trusts in you. Do you trust him? So that's how I break down scripts. I can't even get past you. I might spend a day and a half on that you part. It depends on if I'm in an issue like this. So I hope that helped. He says, hello, coach. How can you mentally stay strong as a man? Um, You got to strengthen your mind. Your mind's a muscle. You got to put your muscle through the weight room. You got to put your muscle through the weight room. And the word of God is the greatest gym to put your mind through. And then you you literally train your mind on the things of God. You reverse engineer your thoughts, you start thinking on what the word of God says. So, what you do is you find scriptures that pertain to your situation, and you make those scriptures you meditate on you dice it like I do, or do it the way you feel like best you do, and then you literally make it personal. I He will keep me in perfect peace because my mind is stayed on him and I trust him. You see, I made that scripture personal. He keeps me in person when the devil comes in your mind, wherever, no, 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 no. My father keeps me in perfect peace because my mind is going to continue to stay on my father because I trust in him. And sometimes your soul may not be fully persuaded, but your spirit is invigorated. So even though your soul may be like, But are we there yet? No, your spirit may no. Let's do we're gonna talk by faith and not by sight. So I hope that helped, my friend. Hope that gave you some wisdom and some truths, man really help you really process that Lucinda what's going on how do you tell the difference from with from a counterfeit okay how do you tell the difference with counterfeit people they say the right things but later they are nothing they claim they were in the beginning great question so basically counterfeit people counterfeit friends um let's start here it's very important that you build your discernment discernment is built. Uh, man, where my book at? I have some points on discernment. Let me go ahead and get that up. Let me get let me see if I can find it real quick. My wife got my book. My wife got my, my, my main copy. And you know how it is, fellas, when when you when you get something that's yours and your first, when my first book out of the box, she snatched it. It is what it is, man. Uh let me find my book real quick so I can look up some points on discernment. Let me see. Oh, give me one second. Man, I got discernment in my book that many times. Oh, here we go. All right. Uh, what is discernment? Here we go. <clears throat> let's let's uh I can't see y'all. Let me see if I can see y'all real quick. All right, it says. <clears throat> Deserment by definition is the ability to, the ability to judge well. <clears throat> it is the ability to see beyond what's present. We've discussed briefly in the spiritual mathematics portion of the book and previous chapter, the concept of discernment. But in this section, we're going to dig deeper for your understanding. Our goal with discernment should be for it to be automatic. That should be our goal. To the point where we developed our spirit to such a degree that we simplified our life and engaged it in who God is, that discernment becomes automatic. And you need this to be automatic because... Um, uh, the devil is getting even more subtle. The devil is getting even more smooth. Um, the, the system that surrounds us is getting even more tight and it's making it even difficult um, for us to really discern automatically um, what's a part of God's plan for our life or not. So what you have to understand is, is that you got to build yourself up. Uh, uh, before the fight, right? So that when, when a person does come in your life, that you will have a great trust in the spirit of God that you're able to discern. Now, I think I spelt some things. This book goes deep in discernment. And I ain't going to read all of it right now, but you can get that uh, book down on Amazon. It says, how to increase your discernment. Number one, you got to be anchored in God's love. To develop discernment, you must first anchor yourself in God's love. The word of God says, perfect love casts out all fear. In God's love, there is no need to be afraid. Fear is the root of many people's impulsiveness. They are worried they will miss out. So they rush. But when you know that you are adopted in a son or daughter of God of the most high, uh, a daughter of the most high God, you don't let anything rush you. Now, second point understand that there are absolute truths how the basic another way to keep you from uh, falling into counterfeit traps with counterfeit people is to understand it's absolute truth if you're not a, a diligent pursuer of truth you'll easily fall for lies next point is time take time to assess take time before you say yeah let's be friends take time to assess your heart is my heart ready to have a friend a- am I impulsive am I impatient? Take time to assess when someone is trying to really come into your life. Take time to assess like, yo, yo, what kind of temperament this person has? Um, what kind of motives this person may have? Take time to assess. Make acknowledging God and asking for help a habit. That's how you build a sermon. Say, you know what? Before I make a commitment to this person, before I make a commitment to this thing, I'm going to take time. I'm going to take a week or two to talk to God. I don't got to respond to their texts right away. I don't got to respond to their calls right away. I'm going to make acknowledging God and asking for help a habit. Because when you make it a habit, you're not quick like a rabbit, if that makes sense. It probably doesn't. Accept what, ex- accept what he accepts and abhor, abhor what he abhors. The best way to develop your discernment, another way is to accurately discern... A, oh, okay, here it is. Here's the point. To accurately discern a counterfeit from a counterpart, you must deeply love what God loves and sincerely hate what God hates. When you love what he loves, you will always find yourself connected with the right things. When you hate what he hates, you will never find yourself entangled in sin or anything that will affect your relationship with God and your focus. So you got to just basically by default as a person say, I only accept what God accepts because I know what the word of God says and I hate what he hates. And then when you, you'll you understand that. Apply the word of God in your life. Simple as that. Determine access points and levels. Learn from your accidents. And that's pretty much all the points out there. But But my friend, my book has a lot of points in that. Check it out. But, uh, but you gotta do you gotta do your homework before the test. You gotta study before the test. Many people they their test is in front of them, and then they try to study, or they or they just walk on the test. No, you gotta be you gotta be building yourself up when there's peace. You gotta be building yourself up when there's nothing but lessons given and not tests delivered. Right. So what you do is you do those points I just shared, uh, and, and you gotta look at actions. Um, listen with your eyes. Don't listen with your ears. When it comes to people, I look at them. I observe them. I listen with my eyes. And when I see little things, I take mental notes and I, and I revert back to those mental notes when, when the relationship or friendship or whatever is trying to go deeper. And then all of a sudden, if I see too many of those little boop, 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 or if I just feel I, sometimes with, with the Holy Spirit, I just go with, I rock with the note. And sometimes um the Holy Spirit will like, will say, do the slow. Like, you know, he'd be like, no, slow or go. No means, yo, avoid at all costs. Slow means they cool, but don't go too deep yet because I'm still working some things out or things are still working themselves out. Um, But slow down with that because they're just a temporary person. Don't make them a permanent person. Slow down with that. They were only meant to be in your life for two or three weeks for a manifestation or delivery of what God wanted to deliver through them. And then he'll say, go, go with it. Go with that friendship. Go with that because that's my counterpart for you. But but all this won't happen if you don't take the time to build up your faith through fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. Simple as that, my friend. Brandon Jones says tips for sharing the gospel with people who boldly profess unbelief. Um, the only time I give apologetic or evangelistic or make evangelistic attempts or apologetic deliveries is when a person genuinely asks for me. I don't cast my pearls to swine um, because I do. You can't you can't convince the devil about Christ. So if a person is in... is being used by a demon. Sometimes when we engage with people with unbelief without any curiosity of belief, then you find your, your belief going through unnecessary battles. Now, all of a sudden, you're putting yourself through unnecessary. You're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. Your comments are four paragraphs long. <clears throat> your son and daughter's looking at you, and you just type in five paragraphs. Your wife looking at you, typing five paragraphs. Everybody, but you you just so, I got to do this. No, nah, man. Um, you are in a partnership with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a doctor. You're the nurse. When a doctor says, go in there and take some vitals, you go and you just do it. you a nurse. The Holy Spirit the a doctor. What I do with evangelistic and apologetic endeavors, I go with the flow of the Spirit. And typically I find myself in the footsteps of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will lead me to a work that he's already done. See, I never initiate a work the Holy Spirit first hasn't tore the ground for. See, before you give the seed of salvation, a heart has to be ready to receive. And so what I do is I follow up behind the original work of the Holy Spirit, and and that's how I flow and and evangelize to God. Evangelize for God and evangelize for people. And there are some people that do street witness, and that's cool. Not wrong with that. But everything in evangelistic endeavors must be led by the Spirit of God, so that you don't find yourself in unnecessary spiritual battles with demons that's just trying to drain your energy, drain your time, and that person ain't even trying to believe or hasn't been released by that demonic stronghold to believe. Now, the best way to share your to share the gospel every day. You get you every day. I share the gospel through my life without any words. I think Mother Teresa says, share the gospel and use words if necessary. Like I'm, I I let my life preach the gospel because I'm a living epistle. So what I do is I just live my life. And, and then when people, why did, how did you write seven books? Like, like, you gotta, you gotta be quiet about your life. So that when people figure out you a little bit deeper, they're even more intrigued and curious. See, the issue is we push people away when we talk too much. We push people away when we're pushing. See, but when you just live your life and go about your life, people are watching you because you're different. When you got the love, when you have the unvoiced, unvoiced love of God, unvoiced joy of God, unvoiced peace of God, unvoiced patience of God, unvoiced faithfulness, gentleness, um, self-control, peace of God, I'm talking about it's just it's just on you. It's just flowing in you. I don't got a voice that I'm in love with God. I don't got a voice. It's It's speaking through my life. And so when you allow the traits of the Holy Spirit speak through your life, you will will change more lives through your life than through your lips, my friend, because people want to hear the hope that's in you when they see that you're hopeful. Hope to help, my friend. Two more and I got to go. Maybe two or three, maybe three, maybe, maybe two. We'll see. Chris Stops, what's up, family? Asking God for direction if I should stay in Florida or move to Georgia. Need real clear direction. What do I do? I feel like a ping pong ball. Think about God, you don't have to feel that way. Um, What you do, this is what I do. Um, Let me read your question again. Asking God for direction if I should stay in Florida or move to Georgia, need real quick, gotcha. What I do, my friend, tonight I need for you, it it will be good for you to really have that one last petition before God. And that's what you do. Heavenly Father, I know that you love me. You got to remind yourself that you are loved by him. You got to remind yourself that he loves you more than everyone in your life combined times a billion. God, Heavenly Father, I know you love me. I know you desire immensely, deeply the best for me. Father, right now, I have some unbelief. Right now, I have some doubts, God. God, I have some concerns about Florida or Georgia. God, I just want to be in your will. And what I'm going to do from here on, God, I'm just going to praise you that You that I receive from you. You give that petition to God, maybe play some worship music, clean your house, enjoy the spirit of God, play some um, scriptures in, on your audio Bible, listen to a good sermon, and just go about your day. And every time your fear gets concerned, I believe that I receive from God. My God loves me. My God wished his best for me. He desires for me to be in his will. I know he'll let me know and go to sleep and rest. And I promise you, when you put yourself in that disposition, you will, you will, the answer of God will be revealed to you because your heart is at rest. That's the best advice I can give you. That's what I do. I go to sleep. <clears throat> I had my anxiety attacks. I don't been through uh, being embarrassed because of worry. I've been through unnecessary physical ailments because of being worried. So what I do now, I chill, bro. God, I know you got me every single time. Never fails because I know he loves me. So what you do is you go about your day. If you're in Florida right now, whatever state you go about your day, Don't leave a state until you are in the right state of mind or you in the right place to hear from God. And then the Holy Spirit let you know, and you have an unshakable knowing and you'll be like Georgia or Florida and you pack your bags and go in wisdom, you know, be led by him. But, um, if you worried about it, if you're concerned about it, then you got to check your anchor. You got to check your roots and say, Hey, what am I putting my trust in? Have I really been, because sometimes we get in deep worry or deep distress because we've been distant from God. I'll get to my word. I'll get to that. But now you're trying to run to it and trying to flip through pages and and the test time is ticking. It's like, yo. So I hope that helped family. Um, Two more and I'm done. Pamela Jordan says, hello coach. When a guy says he can't give you what you want, what is he really saying? He can't give you what you want. Listen, he told you. He can't give you what you want, and you don't want a man that can't give you what you want. Now, now, if what you want is unrealistic expectations, then you gotta look yourself in the mirror. So, what I need for you to do, Pamela, is write on a sheet of paper what what is it that he what is it that he's saying that he can't give me. Write that down. Um, if he can't give you uh, um, commitment from the Word of God, then it ain't legit. If it ain't legit, then you quit it. You know. Um... But you got to write down what is he saying that he I don't know if you want to write it down, let me know. Um, but if he can't give you what you want, then you don't want nothing that can't give you what you want. You know? Now the question is, is is he is he because God is the only one that can give you what you need. The rest is give you what you want, you know. Um so I hope that helped. Um, so I need, I need more intel, Pamela. So I don't know if your expectations are unrealistic. He like, yo, I can't give you no 50,000 square foot house. Oh, I can't give you this right now. And he's like, yo, I like you, but you asking for a lot. Can we build together? Now, what I mean by build together, the foundation has already been laid. We're not talking about building a life with a person who ain't built themselves. We're talking about building on a foundation who is Christ together because some ladies are asking a lot from men and they're like, well, I want to marry a millionaire. I want to marry this guy up here. And the guy's like you overlooking a millionaire minded person looking for a millionaire, but without a Christ mind. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta ask yourself: Is he is he saying that he's not able to give me what I want, and my what wants are unrealistic? Or if it's fundamental, basic things that a man should give you, if it's fundamental things that a that a woman needs and and, and desires in relationship, and he can't give you that, then it is what it is. Hope to help. Aries says, I also keep getting. Oh, let me see where you at, Aries. You you post another question. All right, here we go. I also keep getting backlash because COVID is going on, but my sanity is more important. I don't feel free where I currently live and who I live with. Please help me, Coach. What's your first part of the question, Aries? Let me see if I skipped you. Oh, my bad. Sorry, Aries. Hey, Coach, I can't stand living with a narcissistic parent, so I'm about to be homeless. I am a a mother, and I kept praying about it, but I can't take it no more. Any advice? And I also keep getting backlash because COVID is going on, but my sanity is more important. I don't feel free where I currently live and who I live with. Please help me, coach. All right, let's start here. Um, scale of one to 10, you have to ask, yourself, how bad is my living conditions? Is it bad, bad, where it's abusive, controlling, and it's just disturbing my peace? Or is it just, that's just your mom and you're, you're, y'all conflicting with rules and that's her house, but you want to do you and you just leave whatever? So you got to answer that question. Now, if that question is, it's just unbearable culture, she's abusive mentally, because some what I don't want people to do is to put labels on people to make an excuse to leave a place that maybe God wants them. So that's one aspect of it. But if this person is truly um, just not good for your health, then you got to assess your patterns, your habits, and say, okay, am I financially steward? Am I am I a good financial steward? Are there any other options for me to with me and my child to stay? Is there a friend? Uh, uh? Is there whatever? But I, what I don't want to happen is that you ask God to make a way, but you're not you're not who you need to be day to day, right? And what I mean by that is, if you're a person that's just bad with money and you keep finding yourself in these situations, then this could just be a consequent a consequence of a poor financial habit, a poor Uh, on decision, habit, time management, whatever. But if that's not the case, then say, Holy Spirit, I trust that you will make a way Lord, make a way for me to be in a place where I can have my peace with you, where my children can grow up without worry, where I won't have to grow up in worry. And I promise you, he'll make a way. But I want you to think about those three things. Number one, I want you to think about how bad is it really? Is it really bad? Or is it just, you know, just uh, maybe uncomfortable? If it's uncomfortable then and you can make it, then you make it. But if it's bad, 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 and she just crazy, cuckoo, like that, then then number two, you got to ask yourself, am I, am, am, are my habits cuckoo? Like, am I habits really bad? What do I need to do Do you know, what I, I got to make happen to make myself where I am sustainable, where I'm sufficient and a sufficient of Christ to be able to live on my own continuously. Right. And, and then if that's intact and that's good, then you go into the next phase and say, Holy Spirit, I trust you gonna make a way. And I promise you and if everything's lined up in decent order, things will work out of your favor, my friend. Hope to help. I know it was a lot, but I hope it helped. Thanks for your viz, bro. I just live on what God has. Pl- that's right, Irvin. That's right. Uh, Taymo, I know if you talk. I know you've talked severely about sexual purity before marriage, but what do you have to say about women getting married later in life and the pressure for purity being on women and not on men? Um, pressure is only applied based upon the community that surrounds you, and that's community within family, within proximity, and community through um, TV, social media, etc. There's no pressure in Christ. There's just no pressure. Pressure that pressure um, comes from uh, a system that desires to make you impulsive, make you impatient, make you jump on things prematurely, right? So my advice to you. For the, every young lady, including yourself, that's getting older um, there, There's there been a couple of people A handful of people in the Bible Ladies who got married uh, and had children in um, late You know what I'm saying? You have to understand who made your womb Science don't got nothing on the sovereignty of God Science can't conflict or go against Or supersede The sovereignty of God The providentialness of God The, the, the power of God So you have to retrain your mind To understand that there's no Pressure in presence there's no pressure in the presence of God. It's only peace in the presence of God. So if you're feeling pressure, there's something that's trying to pull you out of the the perspective that is that's supposed to that you're supposed to have. That is the fruit or byproduct of the presence of God that gives you a peace of mind that says, "Hey, God is the one that made my stomach, made my womb, made my life, made my purpose, and i go forward." Now the question then boils to. If you are a person that's just not ready for love, then you got to ask yourself, what am I doing that's conflicting the will of God? That's contradicting the will of God. Am I am I am I am I a, a good steward of my time? Am I a good steward of my body? Am I a good steward of my health? Am I a good steward of my mind? Am I doing what I need to do time to time? You know what I'm saying? So those kind of things you got to process through, and just enjoy God where you are, because if you if you're not growing in love with God, you're not going to be able to be um, in a. a, a in love with a person. Now, when it comes to sexual purity, listen, man, ain't no pressure with that unless the pressure you uh, welcome onto yourself or the pressure society gives. The thing is, man, you got to look at the facts beyond the feelings, the perspective behind the pressure. You got to look at it and say, you know what? Hey, it's I, I, listen, I kept myself till I was 33 years old, till I got married to my wife. And what I did with that quote unquote pressure, I put it into productivity. I distracted myself with product production to the, with the father, wrote six books, two card games, 1,400 videos. I got productive because I know when my time comes, my time will come. Um, What do you say about women getting married later in life and the pressure period of being a woman? Uh, listen, you got to look at your surroundings and say, what is causing this pressure? Ain't no pressure Ain't nobody, nobody can pressure me in anything. I don't care what society says, society, society, culture, people, family, friends, my wife, nobody, even myself. If it's pressure, it ain't from God. If it's peace, it's from God. So you have to ask yourself, what is pressuring you? Why do you feel pressured? And, and, and what is keeping you from the peace of God, my friend? I hope that helped. I hope that really, it really helped you and, 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 and know that your purity is priceless, man. You know, so keep it, keep going in the right direction and be encouraged that he made your womb, and, uh, and just keep, keep serving him. Wait on the Lord, serve him, be a waitress, serve God. And then over time you'll find that, um, something was brought to your table and it's now he's serving you with the man that, that you've been waiting for and all that good stuff. Hope to help. Ms. D says, if a husband or wife, if a husband and wife not supposed to if a husband or wife is not supposed to complete you, why is it the Bible says you become one? What's the difference between completing each other versus becoming one? Great question. And when the Bible says uh when a when a husband and wife become one, they're talking about intimacy, becoming one flesh. That's sexually, right? That's intimacy. Um, and then that right there leads towards becoming one holistically. Um, so that's kind of an imagery towards that. Uh, but you have to understand the completion. Um, completion means I need you to be me. I need you for me to be me. i I'm, I'm I'm I got this big hole in my life and I need you to complete me so that I can become aware of my purpose. That's that's idolatry. Uh, um, intimacy is I need the Holy Spirit to complete me right? Idolatry is I need something else to complete me. True intimacy, spiritual intimacy is I'm one with God. God has completed me so that I can now complement. So what like I gave the analogy in another video, when I wear a shirt, that shirt is a whole shirt. That shirt is complete by itself. When I put a tie with it, that tie is complete and of itself. Now, when I put a jacket on, that jacket is complete. In of itself. When I put on pants, the pants is complete and of itself. When I put on the belt, the belt itself is complete and of itself. When I put on each sock, each sock is complete and of itself. When I put on each shoe, each shoe is complete and of itself. But when I present myself out there, my outfit is one. I am one with the outfit. We're one. We complement each other. My skin tone, compliment the colors of the tie. You know what I'm saying? The colors and the, you know what I'm saying? It's compliment each other. But they're all, each part is complete in of itself. So the Holy Spirit is the one that makes you complete in of yourself. So that when you are connected with the person that's complete in of themselves, y'all compliment each other and y'all actually like, look like a good outfit together. Oh, y'all look good together. Y'all really compliment each other well. So that's what they mean. But becoming one flesh, that's talking more intimacy, sexually and um, and all that good stuff. So hope that helped, Miss D. Uh Oh, thank you for your donation. Speedy Sprague says there's this girl I've been praying about and pursuing a relationship with, but I don't know if I'm getting the right answer or just seeing what I want to see. If you don't, if you don't, if you can't see, don't seek. If you don't, if you don't, if you can't see, don't seek. Don't pursue her if you don't know the purpose for her. If you don't, what I'm telling you right now, is just keeping it buck because what I don't want you to do, my friend, is that when you start pursuing a young lady, uh, and then and then you pursue her, and then emotions get involved, and and countless men, including myself, made that mistake where you pursue a woman prematurely, get emotions involved, and it wasn't the right one, and now you don't waste the time, waste the emotions, waste the energy, and, and you rob yourself of opportunities towards other things for productivity. So what I would do is as you pray, you keep her away. As you pray, you keep her away so that you can keep her from falling emotionally for you. And then all of a sudden you got to backtrack, retract, subtract. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's not, and it's not, it's not flowing in the things of God. There's this girl I've been praying about and pursuing a relationship with, with, but I don't know if I'm getting the right answer or just seeing what I want to see. Um, never pursue something questionable without the answer. Because even when you meet the one, there's gonna be some questions. But if you already know the answer, and we already know that's the one for you, it don't matter what questions your way, because y'all answer the questions. This, this is God, God's will answers the question. So what I would do is until you anch- until you know an answer that you can anchor yourself in that that floods itself from who God is and what God has said to you and made aware to you, then I would just tell her, hey, at this moment we have to pause the relationship because I don't want to lead you no further without God, with God without God's clearance, because I don't, I don't, I don't want this to fall in the ditch. <clears throat> I rather for this, I rather for this to end in a paper cut than an amputee. Simple as that, my friend. You welcome Pamela Jordan. Good evening, y'all. Oh, that's my son. I got to go. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Um, books, all on my website, imunplugged.com. Go to my website there for all of my tools and resources and support, all that good stuff. Uh, areas for you to support if you want to give, support, all that good stuff. Um, books, card games, um, courses. Uh, uh, I think I have some time and room for some one on one culture. Let me know what your budget is. And I'll see what I can do. Um, I think that's it. Also, my book, Counterfeit a Counterpart, available on my website right now on Amazon. I pray it's a blessing to you all. I know a lot of people's gotten it so far, are digesting it. My wife hasn't got past page 13. It's a first time reading it because you know that's how coaches do them. I, mean, I want you to I want you to read it when the world reads it. You know what I'm saying? I want you, I want you to see how your man put things together, see how your man do what he does. You know what I mean? So get that book right there. Got some other videos on my channel as well. What does it kind of fit? I, uh, because I got a new job and I got uh, things just happening in my life right now, I haven't got into the rhythm of my other videos, but I've done four videos so far on what is it count for? Always check out the good guys. we were supposed to do a good guys video today. I know some of y'all are like, well, yo, coach, why are you by yourself? Where's BD? Well, BD got a family. He got a, and his work has been heavy for him at the, in this period. And so family first and health first. You see what I'm saying? So me and BD uh, will probably, uh, uh, probably start recording like we used to. Because weeks are pretty tight for him. So we'll probably start recording on the weekends. I know y'all going to miss some of the live, the live engagement. So we might get back in that sooner or later. But we, we this is what it is. Life, you gotta, you gotta adjust to what life throws at you and pivot, my friend. So that's all I got. Love y'all, man. Y'all have a blessed one. Website, IamUnplugged.com. All that good stuff. See y'all next time. Peace.